Alright, hello guys. So welcome to module two of course one oh one. So this is course one oh two, which is life mastery, discovering God's plan and purpose for humanity. In the first module we looked at God's original intent and the aim of that module was to come into an understanding of God's image and idea for life as well as our functionality in it. We defined life and we said life is God's own idea to give expression to his creation for his advantage through the construction of his being. We established that life is God's personal philosophy and many times rather than living life, we merely exist. So however, God's intent did not just manifest in the courts of God's kingdom. It did not just manifest in the courts of God's kingdom. A legal representative committed treason, which was the greatest rebellion. Somebody in the faculty of heaven betrayed his own kingdom and sold it out. So since last week we looked at God's intent, on this model we'll be looking at journeying with God's intention because obviously the way we live life presently is a negation to that which which God had God actually had in mind. So that's what we'll be exploring in this model. So first we'll be looking at the great rebellion. Now God is king. God created the heaven and the earth. We established that last class. God created the heaven and the earth. So he is king both over heaven and over the earth. The earth is his footstool. Whereas we are his governors, he placed us on the earth to rule on his behalf so that we can recreate the kingdom he has already created in heaven on the earth by us being farmers however god gave man freedom god gave man free will god gave man the ability to express his rulership and his governmental authority and power but he gave him a code of ethic he gave him a moral code and for every um every country every community there are always code of ethics and there are always moral codes so he gave man a code of ethic governing his estate which was in genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So God gave man everything he wanted, but he gave him a code of ethic. He told him what he required of him, what he did not require of him. So it was God's expectation that man would apply himself to the course of that instruction. However, the woman defaulted 
that order. She defaulted an order that God had given by having an interaction with an alien. The serpent came into the kingdom, not as a representative from the kingdom, but he walked into the garden as an alien, as one who did not have any legal disposition to actually give give instructions. So the, the, the enemy who was a serpent in that case was an alien. Whereas the woman interacted with that non-citizen. She interacted with that alien. She interacted with an impostor. And she didn't stop there. She divulged the kingdom's secret. She gave out. She let out what is called a classified information. Because the rule is it binds people in the kingdom and not people outside of the kingdom. So the the enemy had no use or no no need whatsoever to have that information because it was a classified information. But the woman divulged it. She gave it out. So man rebelled by selling out a classified information, interacting first with an alien, man interacted with an alien an alien do not come into your community as the king and wants to strike a deal with you from the basis of your kingdom all right that is not something that a non-citizen can come and impose on a king so what they do at that at what they did at that point was that they sold off their authority they sold off their dominion they sold off and gave away their rulership then they sold out classified information and that was the same information the impostor used against them so when he used it against them by telling them how come who said that you would not you would die and you would not leave you would simply just be as god First off, they were already as God, but because they had already upholding the information of the impostor, they started to see differently from how they should originally see in the context of their authority. They started to see from the lens of somebody who came into the kingdom to give them instruction on what they should do without questioning the right and authority or the leverage the person had to actually give such an information. So another way man rebelled was that they upheld the word of an alien above their king. Your king gave you an authority. He gave you he gave you an information. He gave you a code of ethic. He gave you a rule, but you rather decided to follow through what an impostor had to say. All right? So that resulted in the great fall and man lost everything. That was treason. That was the great rebellion. So man was a rebel and man had to leave the garden which was God's original kingdom where he wanted them to explore, exploit, grow, become and plant seeds and keep on reproducing them throughout the earth. But man fell because he was a rebel and he lost everything so very quickly let's look at actually the life 
that man lost because you must understand the life that he lost what you gained back before you can properly master life and know what you're to do and how you're to go about it so when man fell what did he lose was it just you know it seems like just some simple some simple idea it seems like just a simple a simple divulgence of instruction but it was way deeper than that so first man lost life man lost zoe man lost he lost the idea of god as we define he lost the idea of god and what he found was existence what he found was zao now zao means the state of being alive it just refers to you breathing you just being alive being being existing in the world today so that was what man lost man started to live to die that was why the first man adam died at 939 years why because death was finding a way to kill him that was just it man was not actually supposed to die so man lost zoe he found zao man lost life he found existence man stopped living for god's intention and man started living for his own desires so that was one then man lost a kingdom man lost a kingdom what happened in the garden was a coup d'etat it was a very bloody war he sold out his very own estates to the enemy with his eyes opened he gave it all out that was what he did so when he gave it out he sold the kingdom so he had no legal right he had he had no authority over it so he had to succumb to the system of the world this is the reason why scripture says that the devil is the god of the world because the world is a systemic cosmos the world is factored factored by system factored by a whole lot of procedures and you have to do this to do this there are a whole lot of formulas in the world so one man did one man lost when he fell was man actually lost the kingdom and he got the a system that he had to abide by a system he had to be loyal to all right so then man also lost rulership man lost dominion he lost the ability to rule that was why when jesus came to the earth the devil took him to a king and told him if you should bow before me i would give you the whole the whole world question case in point why should you want to give me a world that is already my own it shows that it's actually you actually have a huge portion in it you're actually in charge of something that you want to give it to me if i should bow before you so man actually lost dominion man lost rulership and if you see this day it is very evident for persons who have not come into the knowledge and understanding of the kingdom and the knowledge and the understanding of salvation and what has happened what god has done for them it is like a normal tantrum for them to live beneath standard for them to live as one who are not rulers so man lost rulership then man lost relationship and embraced religion then in the garden of eden scripture says that god came to adam and eve 
in the cool of the day for them to fellowship. So he came to fellowship with them in the cool of the day. That speaks of intimacy. That speaks of a very great high level of relationship between the king and his governor. But man lost that relationship. That was why when man ate the fruit, scripture says that, and they became aware that they were ashamed. They knew that they were naked. So man had a natural fear for God from that point. Man had a natural fear of God for that point. So what man did when he when he lost relationship was he decided to embrace religion he lost his right to legal sitting in the courts of heaven so he embraced religion to attempt to want to get there because man now started to find the means to interact with a supreme being this is how religion was blessed you are trying to meet somebody this was what happened during the dispensation of the law the people were trying so hard to reach the Lord. They were trying so hard. They were lifting their hands up to, to reach the Lord. That was why, okay, Moses went up to the mountain and lifted his hand. He was the one reaching out to God. So the, the, the reason is we all, because we all, we all are created in the image of God, be it believers or unbelievers, we have an innate desire to want to know a supreme being because God places and factors in us that desire to want to communicate with so with the creator that desire to want to communicate with forces higher than yourself this is why we have religions like buddhism we have judaism we have um churchianity because some of the things we call christianity is actually churchianity we have islam we have hinduism we have all of this the reason why man embraced all of this religion is because there was a very big spiritual vacuum in his heart for everything you create, you place your essence in it. So that essence will continually want to call out to the owner of the essence. Alright? So what happened was when man could not reach out to God because God made himself invincible to the man. When man could not reach out to God, man had to embrace religion just to fill up that vacuum. They started to worship things. They started to do all manner of things. Okay? Now, let me define what religion is. And the truth is, most of what we call Christianity today is actually a religion. Why? Because Christianity does not... what Christi, the, the Christians in the olden days were called Christians because they sounded, acted, behaved just like Christ. But God did not call us Christians. What God calls us, God calls us his sons. So we are sons of the kingdom. But many times when we try to speak of Christianity, we are speaking and asking Christianity as a religion. And this is the reason why many times we cannot effectively preach our Jesus to the world because we are selling a religion and we are not selling a kingdom. Now, let me define a religion. Religion is man's own idea to interact with the creator with an assumption for the purpose of relationship. 
Now, man assumes that this is what God wants. This is how God would like it to be. This is what God would want me to do. So we create legal rules. We create legal ways to do things. We create systems around us to help us actualize this goal. We are now confident in our own works. Why? Because we want that relationship. And this is what happens to us today. Many of us, the reason why we are going after purpose, the reason why we want to just do something, is not because you're doing it out of an understanding of the kingdom. You are simply doing it because you feel that if I should do this, then God will love me more. If I should do this, then my relationship with God will get stronger. If I should do this, then this will happen. And really, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Religion will never get God's heart to you. It would only take it far. And you will only be walking in a shadow of what you think is a relationship. And really, you would actually suffer. You will actually suffer because you will start to depend on your works. You will start to depend on your strength rather than faith towards the one who has created you. So man lost a relationship. Man lost mutual communion. Man lost fellowship. Man lost that father-son thingy. Man lost intimacy. Man lost koinonia. Man lost intercourse with the spirit of God. And man found religion. Man found his own way to to come into the presence of God. Man attempted to find it. But Religion still does not give the presence of God. It tries to clone it, but it never gives it. This is the reason why you get to a point where you get tired of how you live your life as a Christian. It is normal when you get to that point where it's as though Christianity is is tiring. No, it's not like the, the Lord is tiring. It's not like the walk is frustrating. It is simply that you have come to a point where you have realized that I have been practicing religion. So what your spirit is telling you is to break out. But we misdiagnose it and we 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 come to a point where we are like, life does not make sense, Joe. Even God is not even working. Even this Christianity thing, no. That's a misdiagnosis. What happened at that point is you became fed up of religion. You became fed up of trying to walk according to certain rules. You became fed up of trying trying to want to be something. Whereas you are already that thing. All you have to do is allow it to walk through you and partner with it so that you can find full expression. All right. Now, these were all the things that man lost. And this was because of the great rebellion. This was because of the treason. Now, you would wonder, all right, since man lost all of these things, then why are we trying to go back to these things? And why are we attempting to want to actually um, live the kingdom life since he had already lost it? So that's what we are going into now. God always had a plan B because God is a strategic God. That is why as a strategist, as someone, as one created in the very image of God, you must learn to walk with a plan B. 
God is a strategist. Yes, he is a strategist. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 15. This was immediately after the act of the forbidden fruit. Now, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this was a prophecy. What God was trying to inform the devil was that I have already slain someone before the foundation of this world and he will come. And when he comes, you both will be at loggerheads. Why? Because he would definitely collect the keys of the kingdom from your hands. So God already had a plan. That's why scripture says in Ephesians chapter, I think chapter 1 and And in verse 4 now, scripture says that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. Now, before the foundation of the world speaks even before the very existence of Adam and Eve. Alright? So, God had already orchestrated it from the beginning of Genesis that the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent would be our loggerheads. So God had already said, since my first, my first creation had defaulted my very order, then I will create somebody else. I will form someone else who would come and establish that which I want to be established. So God did not give in. So throughout scriptures from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it wasn't a um, it wasn't a give up. God had not given up. It wasn't something that he had relented. No, he consciously was walking with a plan. So if you should watch through the scriptures from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God was deliberately orchestrating kingdoms so that we can see how kingdoms operated when, so that when Jesus comes, we understand when he teaches us the kingdom because we've been able to see through our natural eyes the reality of kingdom, the reality of king dominion and how we can function in it. So God already had that plan B. So God's plan B was the redemption plan. His plan B was the redemption plan. Yes, he knew man would fall. He's an all-knowing God. Yeah, he knew man was going to fall. So he had a redemption plan. And what he was, what, what, what it meant was, should these guys last, last for my hand? Should these guys, in case, go off course? Now, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to plan a system of redeeming them back to me because I still have an idea and life is my own idea. So I want them to come back to my original intention. So God's, God's plan B was the redemption plan. And it was first to give man life because man lost life and man found existence. This is why scripture says in John chapter 10 and verse 10b that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So why is Jesus coming to give you life if you already have life? What you have is just Zao, the state of being alive. You do not you no longer had Zoe. So the, the the redemption plan was first 
to give man life first to give man life then next to restore man his kingdom the next thing was to restore man his kingdom man we had already established that man lost a kingdom so what Christ came to do was to give back to man that which he had lost because he came to die and collect the keys of the kingdom the keys of the kingdom of of Hades, the keys of the kingdom of the earth that the devil had collected aforetime and he handed it over to the Christ after his crucifixion. All right, so to restore man to his kingdom through salvation, that's how the plan was supposed to work. God's plan was that, yes, I am coming to redeem man to restore him back to his kingdom but if he is to get his kingdom back then it must be through salvation he has to be a trusted person it has to come in by adoption that's why Ephesians says having predestined us to be adopted as sons of Jesus Christ all right so adoption in the Greek well in, in the Greek implies in, it's not like now when you can adopt a small child or something before you adopt a child in those days in the Greek, they have to be of age to be adopted. So that was what that scriptures were saying, that you must actually be of age. Of age in the sense that you must consciously want to accept to be in the kingdom. This is why salvation comes off as belief, as a deliberate and conscious effort and decision to come into the kingdom that is why you have to you have to open your mouth and really receive the life of christ so the next thing was to give man a relationship the next the 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 reason for the redemption plan was to give man a relationship and this is what the doctrine of grace embodies this is what the doctrine of grace talks about this is what the doctrine of of grace implies the doctrine of grace implies that god is no longer angry with you god is no longer upset with you god has forgiven you from the works of the law from the law of 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 spirit of um of death god has forgiven you from the law of death that you are no longer to try to reach god by your strength you are no longer to want to keep on reaching him by your own effort by your works what he's saying is that he has already made himself available all that require is you believe this is why many times you want to study you want to pray there is how you want to act but the things you don't want to do, you still go back to them. Now, at that point, it's not for you to want to create another system to try to reach God. All you have to do at that point is actually believe. You talk to him about it. He is in your heart. He's always there. The, 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 our problem in Christianity today is we are still religious because we seek after the spectacular and not the spiritual. We seek to hear a big voice. We seek that as soon as we do something god should just slap us no god is no longer wanting you to try to reach him god wants to reach you he's already he has stretched out his arm to you all you have to do is believe it simply believe it 
and partner with him to take you on the journey. That's why scripture says that to they who believe, then he gave power to become the sons of God. So you must believe to have power to become a son. So God's plan B was the redemption plan. But to fulfill this plan, something was needed, which was salvation. Man needed salvation. Man needed to be saved for this plan to be fulfilled. So salvation was required to fulfill the redemption plan. Salvation is the saving of human being from sin and its consequences, which includes death and separation from God by Christ's death and resurrection. Alright, so salvation speaks of our, our being saved, our being restored back into the fold, our being restored back to our original, our original place in God, our being restored back into the life which is God's intention for us. Alright, but now the issue many times with the subject of salvation is that we have not fully engrafted it. So we stop at one place and just assume that all is going to be well. So I want to do that now. So salvation is broken into three tenses. Salvation is an encompassing word and it means salvation of the spirit, salvation of the soul, and salvation of the body now salvation of the spirit speaks of justification salvation of the soul speaks of sanctification while salvation of the body speaks of glorification now salvation of the spirit justification says that you are saved your spirit is eternally saved your spirit is already one with god your spirit is already already has the life of god your spirit is already sin proof your spirit is already invincible your spirit is what is seated in heavenly place with christ jesus your spirit is sinless it is without sin however your salvation does not stop at justification all right now that is the salvation of the spirit but to to be a custodian on the earth to for to 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 actually fulfill your kingdom mandate to actually live in synchrony with god's idea of life then salvation of the soul is very paramount and salvation of the soul is not an end in itself it's a journey it's a journey where the Lord starts to shred off certain things from you. He starts to remove them as you partner with the Holy Spirit. The truth is, once you receive the life of Christ, it's not everything that you used to be that ends. There are things that you you know you should have stopped doing. There are things there is how you know you should have been growing, but it doesn't happen at an instant. That is where salvation of the soul comes in. Because your soul is still corrupted by the flesh. Why? Because your soul is world conscious your spirit is heaven conscious but your soul is still world conscious because you are in this world yes you are not of this world and to not be of this world means you need to come into a deliberate partnership with the holy spirit you need to come into a deliberate communion and unity with the holy spirit to walk you through 
the journey of sanctification. And sanctification is not an end. Sanctification is something that would continually happen till you die. Because there are things that must break out of you. There are things that must break out of your human nature for you to fulfill God's idea and God's intention of life. So that is what sanctification is about. Sanctification also speaks of consecration because for every assignment, we'll talk about this when we look at the purpose blueprint. For every assignment God has given you, there is the consecration of that assignment. There is a consecration that is particular to you for that assignment. All right? So you must walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit to even fulfill God's idea and intention in life. All right? So, salvation is in three tenses. We've talked about justification. We've talked about sanctification, which is the salvation of the soul. Now, the next thing is glorification. Glorification is salvation of your body. Now, look at it. Salvation of your spirit speaks of what God has already done. Salvation of your soul speaks of what he is doing. Salvation of your body speaks of what he will do. So glorification speaks of when you are done totally on the earth, after your death, what you translate into is a glorified body. So at that point, because your body can't enter into heaven, because your body as it is, is not fit to go into the kingdom of heaven so it has to be saved and for it to be saved means you have to drop this and take a glorified body all right so salvation is in three tenses now the the thing is our issue many times is we mistake salvation for new birth we mistake salvation for new birth new birth speaks of justification the salvation of your spirit that you are now regenerated you now have the legal access to operate as a kingdom functionality on the earth but it doesn't end there this is why i say and this is the truth it is light and it is the fact when you give your life to christ it is not an end that was a means to an end Jesus did not come to the earth for the sole purpose of new birth. Jesus did not come to the earth so that you may simply give your life to Christ. No, he came with a redemption plan because you lost the kingdom and he wants to bring, take you back to that kingdom. But to take you back into that kingdom, he had to give you access. And that access was to go through him, who is the door, which is new birth, which is what we call salvation of the spirit, for you to establish your dominion by walking with the Holy Spirit, which is the salvation of the soul on the earth. Do you see this? So salvation is different from new birth. So when you give your life to Christ, you have repented, but it doesn't end there. Imagine if God's idea was for you to just um, come back to the fold, just receive the life of Christ and live a holy life. If that was God's idea, then as soon as you receive the life of Christ, you should have been raptured. 
this is the imbalance with actually a doctrine called the doctrine of grace because we are taught that we are saved and that is all that God came no that is a doctrine but what God's intention for us is is the kingdom all right so grace was an act grace is an access point into the kingdom because you need that that freedom you need that 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 insurance that assurance you need that intercourse to access the kingdom and fully operate according to the governance of the kingdom so new birth is not an end is a means to an end else you should have been raptured before immediately after you receive the life of Christ all right so the doctrine of salvation was God's idea to actually bring you into king dominion all right so the whole idea of song of of salvation is that you come into a knowledge of kingdom and you walk in full participation with the Holy Spirit okay so we're going to be ending this course here so that we can absorb everything that I have talked about. Then I would send in your worksheets into your into the general class group for you all to discuss and for you all to also reflect. I hope this blessed you. I hope you gained understanding. I hope this does so much. So let's quickly just run through on what we actually talked about in this model so this model we said it's joining with god's intention after an establishing in the last module what god's intention actually was then we said man rebelled there was a great rebellion there was a treason by his default and selling out a classified information by interacting with an alien and upholding the world of an alien over the word of his king then we further looked at the life the man lost we said the man lost life which is zoe and found existence which is zao so zoe is the life of god the life god intended while zao is the state of being alive so man lost life zoe and man found existence so man started to live life to die and not to live life according to how god intended it so we said also that man lost the kingdom we said man lost rulership man lost relationship and man embraced religion and i defined religion by saying that religion is man's own idea to interact with the creator with an assumption for the purpose of relationship then we 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 opened up to the fact that god was a strategic god and he had a plan b and his plan b was to first give man life to restore man his kingdom through salvation then to give man a relationship then we further said that god's plan b which was the redemption plan had to be fulfilled through salvation so salvation was required and i said that salvation is different from new birth. Salvation is in three terms. In speaking of salvation of the spirit, salvation of the soul, and salvation of the body. And I said salvation of the spirit is justification, which is what you receive at new birth. Then sal- salvation of the soul is sanctification, which is partnership with the Holy Spirit. Because when you receive 
salvation of the of when you, when you receive the life of Christ at new birth he gives you power to become a son so giving you power implies that you walk the road with the holy spirit to guide you through because creation actually awaits the manifestation of the sons of God while we said salvation of the body is glorification so salvation of the spirit is what God has done salvation of the soul is what he is doing and salvation of the body is what he will do then I established that salvation is not a it's not an end in itself but a means to an end so your salvation was not just to get you living a holy life no that would be an insult to the reason why christ came for you so your salvation was actually to usher you back into the kingdom through an access point who is jesus christ so i hope you understand this so we'll be moving into our class groups and we'll be taking questions we'll be discussing this extensively ensure you you use your worksheet and ensure you are quite religious with your worksheet all right because it's really going to do you a whole lot of good okay so we'll catch up in our various class groups do have a nice day <laughs>